ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And this is our end-of-year TV special where we look at all the TV shows that we watched this year, and there were a lot. We've watched a lot of TV this year. Four movie podcasts. We've watched way more TV than we've watched movies. Yes, we always struggle with the movie ones uh, because we don't get to see as much movies, <laughs> yeah. ironically. But TV's always there always every night there, of the week. Which is why we over on our Patreon and patreon.com forward slash cinemile do loads and loads of TV reviews because we've loads to talk about so head over there if you're yeah. interested so um, firstly uh, if it's your first time here at our end of year specials we don't spoil any of the TV shows we talk about no spoilers for anything here yeah. what we're going to do is we're each going to count down our top 5 TV shows of 2021 we haven't seen each other's lists it's going to be surprises to each other yeah. um, and then we're going to do some honourable mentions and our most disappointing shows of the year and uh, a guilty pleasure guilty pleasures and yeah. um, that's it yeah you uh, ready so let's do it okay oh and, and uh, if you want our uh, to hear our best movies of the year that's also available on the feed yeah right now if you haven't listened to that already right Cathy give me your number five TV show of the year my number five totally surprised me um, came out at the start of the year on Disney Plus was not expecting to like it WandaVision mm. um, an incredible TV show um, it was very unexpected it's incredibly creative uh, the first two episodes were a real slow burn and I didn't think I was going to be into them and then it kind of it just exploded with creativity and for anyone who doesn't know like the basic premise is that Wanda um, from the Avengers movies and her family are like living in sitcoms TV sitcoms so you go from the 50s and like the I Love Lucy kind of style like up as far as like modern family the most recent sitcoms every episode set in a different decade kind of sitcom setting and it's very creative and it's very thought provoking it also has underlying mystery that we're trying to figure out what's going on why do they live in sitcoms Uh, it's utterly brilliant and um, Elizabeth Olsen is such a star which I knew anyway but like you know totally solidified and you've got Catherine Han, who's an actress I love. She's um, so good in she's this. She's so good. And 
it, it, it opened, it, started, it launched in January um, with, on Disney Plus and really opened my eyes to the possibilities of what Marvel can do out of the big screen. And then was all downhill from there. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> um, so and we'll talk about that later. Took me by surprise and in a really good way. I really recommend it. We did a whole spoiler special on our Patreon, but it's so creative and TV was the perfect medium for this. It wouldn't have worked as a movie. And Wanda's such an interesting character and they did so many interesting things and I'm sure most of you have seen it but I really obviously don't want to spoil it for anyone but if you're interested and it only was about seven half hour episodes maybe so not a huge commitment but a really wonderful movie and like you can see how completely captured the zeitgeist earlier this year and yeah loved it okay that's Kathy's number five that's one division over on uh, Disney plus my number five of the year is um, it's a sin it's on um, all four, right? Mm-hmm. I think if, uh, yeah. Don't know how you. How, how, did, how did our American listeners see it? HBO Max, I think. I don't know, but it was it's huge in America. Go find it, guys. It's called It's a Sin. It's by um, Russell T Davies, who uh, probably most famous for making Queer as Folk, uh, which was a, a, a huge sort of cultural landmark TV show mm-hmm. in the late nineties. I want to say early noughties. Yeah. Um, about sort of gay culture. Um, and this is a show uh, set in and around the uh, outbreak of the AIDS epidemic uh-huh. uh, in London in the 80s. Um, and it's got a brilliant, brilliant young cast who you just fall in love with. Yeah, they're incredible. Uh, during the show, they are absolutely incredible. It's, inc- uh, it's, it's beautiful, it's moving, um, it feels very like the best... Uh, um, TV and movies uh, the best writing comes from uh, genuine experience um, and this is uh, you know very um, steeped in Russell's uh, personal experiences and his, the experiences of his friends at the time and that wh- that's why the whole thing just feels incredibly authentic um, it's such a tight five hours as well oh my god yeah it's it's, yeah. No, it's incredibly beautiful it's moving it's funny it's heartwarming already I think it should be higher on my list what was I <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah what were you thinking um, but yeah it's it's a scene if you haven't seen it, it uh, please please go go check it out on wherever you can get it that's okay. my number five so my number four is The White Lotus which ah, we brilliant. watched on Sky Atlantic this year but was on HBO in the States Um it's kind of nominally like a murder mystery set on a Hawaiian island. Um, but kind of not really. But kind of not really. Yeah. And it's so funny and it's so dark and it explores all these really fascinating themes of class and race and wealth and privilege with like one of the best standout comedic performances colonialism. in years of Jennifer Coolidge who we all know as Stiffer's mom is absolutely wonderful in this and um, you've got Murray Bartlett who's like an incredible Australian actor my god robbed robbed at the awards so good we knew him no from nominations looking. for the Golden Globes really? for Murray Bartlett yeah oh my god he's so good and um, we knew him from Looking which was a great HBO series that we used to love and he is the star of White Lotus for sure Um I, I don't want to really speak too much about it because if you haven't seen it I don't want to spoil it again it's very tight it might only be five or six episodes hour long each six yeah six episodes um, God, it's, it's so, so funny I actually think it's the funniest show I watched this year but in a very dark way and it's just stand out like everyone's famous and it? it's like Connie Britton whoever everyone in it is like incredible every single actor is brilliant um, it's made up a load of like HBO TV stars who you recognise 
Uh, so you've got like Kelly from Insecure, you've got Murray Bartlett from Looking, you've got um, the guy from Girls, whose name I can't even remember. Anyway, it's so funny, it's so darkly funny. If you haven't seen it, I really, really, really recommend White Lotus. Um, it's just absolutely cracking and will be a perfect kind of holiday binge. If you have a couple of hours where you just want to immerse yourself in a world that's very stylish in and world. interesting. In a resort is such a good setting if you do it right as well. Yeah, and this it, does looks, it right. It looks really beautiful. It's stunning, yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, okay, that's the, the White Lotus on uh, Sky Atlantic here in, in the UK and Ireland and uh, HBO yeah. over in the States. Okay, my number... And we did a full review of it as well. Oh yes, patreon.com forward slash the cinema. Uh, my number four of the year uh, was One Division, so I won't spend too long on this because I think you summed it up really nicely. But I think the show was just a big surprise, wasn't yeah. it? Like I Even wasn't. The first two episodes, we were like, "Yeah, it's fine." Because I'm, I'm, I'm big. I've said a lot. I'm big into the Marvel Studios stuff, and I just eat it all up. But when I saw a show called One Division, let's just stop for a second <laughs> as to the name of that show, which is just is terrible. Um, I, I was very dubious but, and then, but very clever then when you think about it yeah it is quite clever but I think what I didn't expect and we you know we watched a lot of Marvel TV this year we watched all the series and the rest of them are really just are dwarfed by this they, it, they this cast a very long shadow um, because it has the only thing that came close to it I would say is Loki yes Loki but for different reasons yeah. and I think the what this show does so well is it tackles subjects of um uh, well, grief primarily, and yeah. um, does it in in you know it puts character first. I think this, which is what the other shows kind of failed at, rather than spectacle. And I think towards the end of One Division, it becomes it, it it inserts some spectacle and becomes instantly less interesting. Yeah, as soon um, as it's that classic Marvel thing in the third act where they do too much action and they slightly do it at the end of One Division, but. But One Division, if you're a TV geek like us and grew up watching all these old TV shows. The nods and the attention and the details yes. paid to them. The, the production, it's truly wonderful. The production design of this show was is the star, right? Yeah. They and put every so much. Every episode different was credits. different. Remember different the credits, credits of every episode? Oh, it's different a, theme song. It, it's a celebration of TV. Yeah. It, it's dealing with genuine uh, emotion. It has re- a really like beautiful um, like finale. I thought that it has one of the catchiest. Um, theme songs yeah. which if I start to sing it now it will never leave my head it's in my head already and um, also I think it's Catherine the only Catherine Han is just incredible she's incredible isn't it the only one of these shows that you could I could sit down with my mom and dad and say watch this I think you'd really yes, like it and yes, they'd yes, really yes. like it and you don't need to have seen don't Avengers. need to have seen anything else yeah. um, so. and it's better for it's the more it goes down Avengers territory the less interesting it is it's, it's brilliant it's at it's best when it's its own wonderful unique thing I'm not a Paul Bettany fan but I did find him good in this as well everyone is good in I this I begrudgingly admit it, is, it just feels very singular unique different and it was an amazing it, 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 set, it unfortunately set the bar too high for Marvel Studios at the very beginning of the year because it felt like they were coming out of Endgame um, and, and last, a couple of years ago and they, they had a year off in 2020 they were benched and then they came back with this just like incredible breath of fresh air it felt like a confident Studio that was producing things that are different, that we haven't seen before, innovative, more character focused, and then slowly everything else that followed just was just more of the same yeah. and just very banal. This is the for me. This was the best Marvel Studios production of the year, doing. movie or TV. Like when you have uh, your own streaming platform that you own, right? You can put anything on it. 
do and something it's TV, different. Yeah. Do something different. Like WandaVision could have only been told via TV. Um and I would say Loki as well. And that's really cool. And like don't just make half hour versions of of a subpar Marvel movie and throw them all out there that's just yeah. not what your platform's needed for you're gonna have our money anyway Disney Plus because you know we want your library to show your movies to our kids we will always pay for Frozen so don't give us shit TV <laughs> we will always pay for Frozen well, yeah we will never um, give up our um, it could be cheaper to actually just buy Frozen but we won't <laughs> probably you buy it once um, okay so that was my number four of the year Cathy what was your number four TV show of the year my, no- my number four was The White Lotus my number three oh, sorry your number three is Starstruck Oh yes, a comedy that we watched um, on. I think we watched it on the BBC. I don't know who airs it in the states. I'm sorry. Um, It was written by and starring Rose Matafio. She is a talent. We did not know who she was. We just watched it because people recommended it to us. It's six half hours. Um, She is a New Zealand comic, and it's effectively a romantic comedy. Which is my favourite genre when it's done right, and this does it right. Um, if you think of like, it's got the rom and the com, as think, you say. Yeah, if you think yeah. of Notting Hill and kind of the, the premise of Notting Hill, it's a little bit like that, but reversed. Um, but it's also about, as opposed to a bumbling idiot like Hugh Grant, it's about a very confident, self-assured, funny woman. Um, she lives really far from home, which is something we can empathise with because we lived for a long time in Australia, and kind of her feelings of like homesickness and what am I doing living in London and and her life. It's all really, really compelling to watch, but it's just proper funny. Like, I laughed so much watching the show, and I thought they wrapped it up so nicely. It's like a perfect six episodes, and it's going to have a season two, which I cannot wait oh, to watch. Oh, good. She's such a talent. She's so funny. Why is everyone from New Zealand so funny? I know, I know. They're just the, the, <laughs> they produce the funniest people Yeah, she's on incredible. Earth. I'm so pleased she got her own show, and I just can't wait to not watch whatever she does next and see whatever she's in next. But, and but, uh, but it's it, absolutely cracking comedy they, like they, brilliant they felt like a very fresh sort of couple on screen as well like a couple Everything that ab- I, I hadn't kind of seen before yeah it was just right? brilliant and both I, in their yeah. characters and and, 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 and it really captured that time in your life when you're like you know flat sharing with people and like travelling and like exploring it, it's just so it fun it captures living in a city in your 20s really yeah. well and kind of just having shit jobs and not knowing what you're doing yeah and she's um, just I love but I love how cool and funny she is like I presume the comedian is the same like like I kind of came away from the series like wishing she was my friend which you often don't yeah. find in shows like often the protagonists are actually like in White Lotus I don't want to be friends with any of them <laughs> no they're awful <laughs> or Succession yeah exactly. <laughs> I hate these people um, okay the, very good that's uh, Starstruck it's on uh, BBC we think so I BBC iPlayer and God knows how you watch it outside of the UK yeah um, my number three of the year is uh, on Netflix it's uh, Midnight Mass oh my god um, I loved Midnight Mass we, we haven't talked about this anywhere I think we talked about it a little a little over our, our Patreon um, it's not in my top five but I absolutely loved it we so, so much good uh, so it's, it's by uh, written and directed by Mike Flanagan who made the brilliant The Haunting of Hill House also on Netflix which we loved a few years ago um this is uh, this feels like better than that he feels like a filmmaker who's just like getting better and better I'm, I'll show up for anything he does um, it is this a, one though ended up being a bit of a marmite though which I don't think yeah some people didn't quite enjoy think, this because it's very over the top like it is borderline a guilty yeah. pleasure, and some of some of it gets a little pretentious. I think when some of the characters are having monologues, it it, it feels a little bit self indulgent. However. It's, it's, it's so fun it's just a blast and, and like it, very very top line what's it about it's a, well, okay know. well it's a great kind of twist on a horror trope uh, but I won't say anything more than that yeah it, it's a, like 
pretty much about a small fishing community um, and a prodigal son returns to that community. It's really, as the title implies, religious. Um, and if then, you grew up in Catholic Ireland like us, we've been to a lot of masses. Oh my God, we, we were could, talking along with the, the, we the, the mass. Along, yeah. we, we, we knew it all. Um, but it's cracking. I mean, the guy who stars in it, who, his name escapes me, but he's in Newsroom as well. And he was in Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Zach Guilford. <laughs> oh no, sorry, no. sorry, you're talking about the priest. The oh priest. my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a more intense performance in my life. Oh my God, he's he's insane. Like, if you, if he's he, so good. He, like, he's like a method actor, but I hope he didn't like embody the character that he played in this TV show, that's for sure. But yeah, you know that thing of like setting, set something in a devastated... Hey, Hamish Linklater. Thank he's you. so good. And set in like a devastated community like that had that oil spills. So like they weren't really able to fish anymore. So it's just so poor. And they're all kind of turning to mass. And like, yeah, things don't, don't go well for them. What you get with Mike Flanagan stuff <laughs> is you get, um, you get really confident and interesting, um, like d- directing. Um, you get uh, awesome horror moments, right? It's quite scary and creepy. And you get um, really strong and interesting character, right? And that's why I think he's such a good filmmaker and writer because he puts character ahead of scares and horror, yeah. right? And that's why, and that makes the scares even better. Yeah. And I think it's a, br- as I said, it's like, a, it's a brilliant twist on a very well-mined sort of horror kind of um, trope. Um, and I think anything anytime you mix horror and religion it, they just go so well together like St. Maud and there's even a character much like St. Maud in this so if you haven't seen it it is a little Marmite we know people who haven't quite gelled with it but I think give it a try it's Midnight Mass on Netflix that's my and it's third a serious favorite. show but I would say we laughed a lot watching it as well oh it's kind of, yeah it's kind of it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's not trying to make you laugh but it kind of tips over into absurd a few yeah. times doesn't it um, okay my number two show of the year is a show that we love so much that we actually did weekly in depth reviews of it over on our Patreon Succession uh, it was really tight I was really tight between one and two but suggest- suggest- Succession became my number two um, I mean I don't have much to say about it you all know how great it is Succession is probably uh, one of the most character driven and interesting shows I've ever watched uh, the writing is unbelievable the acting is incredible um, this is the third season and it began unexpectedly kind of not how I thought season 3 was going to go and I questioned while I absolutely loved every episode I was questioning the direction of it as, as it went on and I would say that the final episode of season oh. 3 of Succession is probably the best it's episode red- of any TV show I've ever watched it's red wedding level stuff it's like it is an amazing hour of television and and the only reason it's not my number one is because I'll get to that on my number one but the I know what your number one is it's incredible and and just like that (laughs) Succession is so good that we spend an hour every week talking about it on our Patreon because there's just so much to unpack but the acting on display is world class the writing is absolutely world class the settings the backdrops the storylines the comedy it's very funny it's so dark their lifestyle is Disgusting! It you can't look away from it. Um, it's like Shakespearean, and uh, it's incredible, and it's one of the best TV shows that's ever been made. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> um, right, my that's Succession season three. My number two of the year um, was also a show about horrible rich white people, uh, and it was The White Lotus. Um, you kind <laughs> of summed it up perfectly, so I won't labour it, but um, I think. What was, to me, what was amazing about this show is, um, like you said, how, how well it handles um, really weighty subject matter, 
but does it in, in like a really funny and delicate way right yeah. it's not heavy handed you know we spoke about um, um, don't look up over on our movie uh, thing and we both enjoyed that movie but that's that's heavy handed right yeah. it's like slapping you across the face with its message yeah. it's in the title um, whereas this this really you could just view it as just like just a load of wacky people at a hotel resort and it's really enjoyable but the, 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 this, that, that's the surface level stuff but the things it is tackling um, under the surface at the base of the iceberg are um, they, they, they run deep and, and, and I, we spent a lot of time we did a whole special over on our Patreon uh, just digging into what it all means and I think it's beautifully written it's, 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 uh, it has real thematic value and it's also just entertaining. Yeah. It, like it, 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 there's a whole, and and it culminates with the the scene, the the, the year's best and only defecation moment. Um, <laughs> uh, and and uh, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. The cast are sensational. Why do HBO just knock it out of the park always? Yeah. And um, but we need to. We're going to come back. We're going to have a short break, and then we'll be back with our number ones of the year. Yes. So we'll see you very quickly. Right, so Kathy, what's your number one TV show of the year? I think I know. What I'm it is. sure you can guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Because it's uh, by omission. <laughs> is it? It's a sin. It's it's yeah. a sin. And I was really torn between this and Succession because, as I say, like that one episode of Succession is probably like one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. But it's a sin for all the reasons you talked about and more. It's like this perfect, perfect TV show. I think it's only five episodes long. And what Russell T. Davies can do in five episodes is masterful. Um, I felt so connected to the characters. It was such an interesting movie, uh, TV show to watch at the start of this year as we were in lockdown because it's about a pandemic. Um, well, an, an epidemic. Epidemic. I think. And I think why, why I had to choose this as my number one, aside from loving it, being in love with the characters desperately wanting to watch every episode while also being quite sad watching them but also happy and and hopeful there's so many emotions that go around with the show but it's like the real life implications of this show and Russell C Davies said that and there's a really big interview with him actually in the Guardian because they picked it as their number one show of the year Um, he talks about how it took him so long to actually write this show because it's so raw and so personal and living through the AIDS epidemic in the 80s as a gay man like how many of his friends and loved ones would have been passing away and to this day how many families deny their children died of AIDS it's really sad. sad and he felt like he was finally ready to tell this story and then it came out when it did as an epidemic in a pandemic it was a wild time for it to come out it really resonated with everyone not yeah. just people who had suffered from AIDS. Partic- particularly there's moments where, you know, this, um, the same levels of misinformation were kind of exactly. going around even without the internet. Exactly. And a lot of misinformation was spread, a lot of uncertainty or confusion about the disease. And we're watching it like it's in London, but one of the characters, my favourite character, Colin, 
goes to New oh. York and they're reliant on him bringing the information back from New York because yeah, that, he hadn't spread far enough yet to England. So interesting. So, so interesting so, to watch so, so it all like, It's like the internet, you, you, you watch it and you think, wow, how how much quicker the awareness of it all would have been with the internet. Yeah. But then you look at today and with the internet does provide that instant connectivity of, and, and inf- flow of information, but it also provides the flow of misinformation. So exactly. it kind of escalates the positives it's and really the negatives. interesting to think of it that way. And then why it's such an important show is, of course, because it's shedding light on you know real history and real people because they're all kind of hybrids of people he knew um, and you know he did tell a story of how he knew of somebody who arrived on a hospital ward to find out their son ha- was gay their son had AIDS and their son was dying and found that all out in a moment and we see that in this TV show he, and, and it's, he, he spins, it's stunning he spins these that, and that's what I was saying earlier that, that authenticity right he found just the seed of an idea in a real world incident and then and then wrapped it around these beautiful well-formed and we haven't really talked about the actors well we have a little bit but they it's like beautifully performed by everybody yeah the to, and, and and for me and and just wonderfully written the 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 lasting image i'll have of a scene i think the most beautiful scene of television this year for me was on that show and i'm i won't spoil anything and everyone should watch this but it involves um, somebody uh, dancing in front of a car's headlights oh god stop that was amazing that will I, I, like amazing and I, then the most shocking I'm scene of, thinking about it most shocking scene of TV for me this year took place on a pier in It's a Sin um, but why yes. it's so, oh my god the, who, so the one who plays the mother from Line of Duty yeah. right? why it's so important and why it's my number one show is that what this show has done in real life has empowered lots of people who were suffering from HIV or AIDS and hadn't told people they've come out because of the show because it's destigmatized it and also way more people have gone testing so it's actually oh, wow. driven testing for HIV and AIDS so it's had real life real world implications and then loads of family members have finally started telling the truth about their family members who may have died in the 80s and 90s so it's had this powerful swell of impact as well as educating us all. I mean, obviously, I knew about the AIDS epidemic. I never was in it like this um, and felt a toad like this. And it, I think, you know, it really destigmatizes it for people. And that, all of that, as well as, like, the fantastic historical setting, the music, the acting, the costumes, the settings, also wonderful. And Colin, I love you forever. You're my favourite character of all time on TV. And, yeah, that's favorite why... character of all I time. I think so. I just wow. loved Colin so much. And that's why it's my number one show of the year. For all the real life implications that succession may highlight how awful rich people can be, but this show does a whole lot more than that. And that's why it's my number one. Okay, well, I've now retroactively decided to bump it way up my list, <laughs> as I should have done in the first place. What was it doing there at number five? I don't know. It's way up there. It's better than one division. Um, um, all right. And so, now, we're now speaking go of succession, my number one of the year was succession. So it seems like a really boring answer now. Um, I, I don't know what more I can say about this show that I haven't said at length in nine hours of <laughs> <laughs> nine hours of episodes over on our Patreon. Yeah, but not everyone here is a patron. But so yeah, tell so, them what you so think. I will say what else. Well, I'll tell you, dear listeners, 
what I tell everyone I work with, what I tell ev- anyone I meet, what I tell people on the street, what I, <laughs> I tell the people who serve my coffee when I give them unasked for advice. Watch Succession. If you're not watching Succession, you're missing out on like TV history in the making. This show is on the up, right? This is like and it, can every you say where season, you watch it? Where it, should one watch it? You should watch it uh, on Sky uh, Atlantic if you live in the UK or Ireland. Or on HBO if you live in America, and I don't know how TV works outside of those countries. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You got your, it'll also, be there'll be some say, sort of um, deal. It's a sin. It's not only on all four in the UK, but it was on HBO in the states. HBO Max, there. I think. HBO right. is always our number one TV shows. Are always HBO, HBO is in the end. just the best, and this yeah. show is the best. I think it's the best show on television right now. It's only getting better. Um, I think this this season. Um, was a little bit up and down but it, it kind of all came together in the end it has some of the most memorable episodes of TV wrapped around incredible incidents like like that sound boring but a 40th birthday party a shareholder meeting and a <laughs> wedding in Tuscany are like the centre points of just, just the drama that encompasses uh, a dozen or more people wrapped into one setting beautifully woven together by um, I always mix up their names but uh, Jeremy Jess, Jesse Armstrong is the, the writer, name yeah. of the writer not Jess, not Jeremy Strong who is the uh, the kind of lead yeah um, but I, I, I just I just can't, guys I cannot stress this enough <laughs> go watch the show it is incredible it is brilliant and it is powerful why drama is it your one, funny though? dark important television why is it your number one though has it impacted society uh, it's made me impacted society. No, it it's hasn't. Made you hate rich people. It hasn't even more. encouraged. Um, <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> encouraged people to get more tests. Uh, or uh, fine. I mean, it's a sin. Perhaps has had a better impact on society. Uh, but but succession this is, has given this us great succession joy. has shone a spotlight on a really underrepresented group of people <laughs> in television and movies, and those are rich white people. Which right straight people? And we need more of that. Yeah. If you ask me. He's joking, by the so way. So I am joking, if that wasn't clear. Right. Um, now we need to go on to our best of the year. Our patrons have let us know their best of the year so that you guys can get some even more recommendations. Ready? Yeah, and some of these we haven't even yeah, seen. Yeah, we haven't so, even seen some of them. Thanks, guys. Right, so Got James, more to do in 2022. <laughs> we asked everyone for their best. James actually gave 10. My top 10 shows of the year for all mankind. Thank you, James, because we wanted to say that for all mankind, which is on Apple TV+, Plus, if we had finished season two which came out this year but we have not finished yet it would have been top three for both of us I was going to talk about this in my honourable mentions but I'll just do a quick bit now just do it now because James has thrown Um, it to us so yeah completely this is uh, not only do I think it would have made it would 100% have made my top five I think it's up there with Succession as one of the best shows on TV right now and no one's talking about it No, and nobody is talking about that Succession's getting a lot of buzz but for all mankind, we would we haven't even hadn't even heard about we it. We only heard anything about it. About it. James we stumbled upon kept it. Messaging us about watching it. Oh yes, thank you, James. <laughs> um, but the, to the point where I was like, okay, look, he's asked us like ten times. It would be rude not to. So we watched it it's on Apple TV Plus. Everybody, please just get a free trial if you don't have that or whatever. It's worth it. It's it's on episode. We're on season two now, but we've only watched three or four episodes so we didn't want we didn't feel fair to 
uh, added in but I'm certain they will bring it home and it's an amazing based on the first show. four episodes if we were to judge the first four episodes of For All Mankind I'd put it in my two, number two I'd put years. it ahead of Succession's first four episodes oh is that good yeah okay. anyway that's all we're saying go to For All Mankind watch it on Apple TV Plus thank you James he also says Succession Ted Lasso Squid Game Mythic Quest Servant The White oh Servant also on Apple TV Plus that's M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> we haven't seen it we haven't seen it The White Lotus only murders in the building we'll get to that the shrink next door and he says I've also loved yellow jackets a lot of people have recommended that oh I that. really want to see yellow jackets yeah. we haven't seen that yet Umar says we are lady parts which again loads of people have recommended I, we haven't got around to that you seen. God. WandaVision Superman and Lois have they got a new show they do it's part of that CW um, spin-off series so oh. Supergirl got her sh- got a show right and then Superman appeared in Supergirl yeah. briefly and then he got his own spin-off with Lois so we've gone full circle wow okay um, that's Star in Shrek. you know the Flash and all those things great pick Resident Alien never heard of it Reservation Dogs you watched that didn't you I haven't watched it yet no oh. um, Only Murders in the Building we'll get to loved it Made for Love and Ted Lasso Kate says Midnight Mass Aoife says Succession Dope Sick which we haven't watched yet but I oh, know my mum looks good just finished it and loved it and WandaVision Taylor says Loki which we'll get to Succession and Ted Lasso a lot uh, of Ted Lasso we'll, go, we'll talk to that in our honourable mentions Laura yeah. says Succession and Insecure with honourable mentions to Starstruck Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso wow they all have very similar taste Tom H there's says there's a lot of Apple TV Plus in here actually there is Tom H says WandaVision Ted Lasso For All Mankind White Lotus Succession Mayor of Easttown Hacks uh, The Mayor of Easttown Is a black spot for us A lot of people rave about yeah, that Yeah we watched one episode I watched one episode oh, did you? And it was so depressing I couldn't watch anymore But oh. everyone told me You need to stick with it And to be honest And I think a lot of people Feel like this this year Watching grim TV Is like Do you know what I've seen the news Now give me something fun to watch But yeah. I, I do appreciate That Kate Winslet's incredible in it And, and we should I, I will at some point In my life watch it uh, Hacks Motherland Schmigadoon We love We'll get to Only Murders in the Building Matthew said Ted Lasso Loki WandaVision And Squid Game Which of course we'll get to Liz said Succession for all mankind Wow you guys Line of Duty White Lotus Mayor of Easttown And then she said The Morning Show Which only I watch I think she's Not far off there It's a, like a very I, I, Highly praised show But I don't know That it has high viewership I haven't seen it I think uh, season I like two it. Got kind of mixed reception I right? watched season one And I liked it yeah. Danny says Mayor of Easttown Paul says The White Lotus Mayor of Easttown And Succession Jesus Christ Like HBO's had a good year Jesus Christ is on HBO <laughs> And then he said Honourable mentions For Squid Game Despite the VIPs Yes Oh Paul will get to that Mythic <laughs> Quest Starstruck <laughs> and Hacks Tim said Taking a lead from Simon Mayo I refuse to believe In Guilty Pleasures Which is something We asked them about he said, and therefore my favourite show of the year was quite possibly Midnight Mass. I genuinely thought it was brilliant. Joe said, best succession, of course. Midnight Mass was great. <laughs> Paula said, other than succession, Ted Lasso and Squid Game. WandaVision was great. I loved Back to Life. Haven't seen that. This Way Up, which is great. Oh, and another yes. one. Ashling B is a talent. Yeah, I would have loved to include, but I haven't finished season two. Starstruck, Amerivy's Town. And Tom says, it has to be It's a Sun. Uh, it's a Sin. Big love it's for a son it's, <laughs> it's a set in a maternity hospital it's a no- and then he said big love for another wonderful succession season and dope sick and white lotus is another fab one Thanks, okay guys. so a lot a lot of commonalities there some overlap with our lists yeah. and some stuff that are uh, that we need to watch we really need to watch um, right so Cathy do you want to hit uh, why, you've been talking for ages I've been talking why don't I give long. you some uh, some of my honourable mentions go for it alright so there, there, are, there were three 
shows which I felt were had the potential to crack my list. Ooh. And these are the reasons, I, I will explain to you now the reasons why they didn't. <laughs> the first one was For All Mankind, which I think we've covered. Yeah. The second one was Patriot Season 1, which we watched this year and honestly is one of the best seasons of television I've, I've ever seen. But did ever, not come out this year. But did not come out this year, so it doesn't qualify. We love that. We watched it on Amazon. However, my God, everybody, please... Go to Prime Video and watch Patriot Season 1. We tried Season 2 and didn't enjoy it. Uh, But Patriot Season 1 is a quirky, offbeat, black comedy, which is nothing like I've seen on television before, and also confirms this, and for all mankind, that Michael Dorman is one of the greatest living actors um, for me. He is the, the star of both of those things, or he's in For All Mankind, and he is a talent. Oh, my God. Um, he is amazing. Um, so, and, the, and then the, the other one uh, is Time on BBC. Um, oh, brilliant show. Which yeah. we watched one episode of, and I was kind of keen to finish. It's only three, but Cathy, again, uh, as she just said a minute ago, found that it was hard going with it, and it, was, it is grim and dark. And I kind so we kind of parked it, and I will go back to it, but I think that that had the potential to to crack my top five because wow what yeah. an episode of, 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 of TV Britain's best oh my god male Stephen Graham and Sean Bean yeah. are sensational actors I'll list off a few more I've got loads so I'm just going to start listing off names Rattling. of shows yeah. um, these are all I've, I've actually done them in sections I've got six more which also kind of were on the cusp of my number five but didn't quite make it these, are, these would all make my top ten okay um, The Terror um, which I think actually was came out it's a couple of years old a couple of years old but it came out on the BBC this year yeah. so I'm, I'm going to say it counts um, the terror was unbelievable was about a, um, a sort of a gothic horror uh, about a, a, a British expedition to chart the Antarctic that goes wrong it was amazing um, it was terribly wrong <laughs> Arcane um, a, a show based on the League of Legends video game on Netflix which I know nothing about um, but I thought it was a beautifully cool animation, um, really gripping, good storyline and characters, uh, well worth everyone's time. You don't need to know anything about that game. Um, two South Korean shows on Netflix, um, one which doesn't need any more airtime, but Squid Game. Uh, we watched that, we enjoyed it. It's such a laugh. The VIPs that. were terrible, um, as, as has already been pointed out. And Squid Game, like, you know, again, like top five, but like, you know. Squid Game would have been creeping in because it's so fantastically original while it shares, you know, similar themes with other media, like obviously Hunger Games or whatever, Battle Royale. But it's very unique. It's its own thing. We thought it was wonderful. It just didn't quite stick the landing and the VIPs were out of this world bad. It, it's a bit it's a bit ropey as a show, but it is incredibly entertaining. And well, it, like, it kind of ten deser- out of ten for entertainment for deser- the first few and it deservedly kind of struck a chord with pop culture because it just came out of the gates with this amazing sort of visual style, creepy, weird soundtrack, this iconic sort of costumes and it's bright and colourful and weird and wacky. And we did like brilliant a really characters big, um, and performances. We did a really big chat about it over on our Patreon, but one of the fascinating things is like how how South Korea is the perfect setting for this show because. South Korea has like a really high percentage of entrepreneurs and it has a really high percentage of entrepreneurs working in the service industry so propelled by the pandemic there's an extremely high percentage of the population I think the highest in the world of people with a high business personal debt and it's like catastrophic and it you know it really is a terrible indictment of capitalism 
and there's loads of information. The Guardian did a whole today in, in Which Focus Which Parasite sort of tackled as well. Yeah, the, the personal debt in South Korea is quite something. And um, there's a really good Today in Focus Guardian episode on it I recommend you guys listen to. Anyway, we promised we wouldn't talk about Squid Game too oh, much. But there you go. Um, uh, but the other one, which uh, I don't think gets as much, as much press, also a South Korean sort of... Um, weird supernatural kind of drama it's called Hellbound uh, of course I recently, it doesn't get as much press Squid Game is the biggest TV show in the world but year. actually Hellbound has since topped it, whatever however Netflix run their things it's now more popular than Squid Game apparently yeah but it's not had giant dolls it has, like the Sydney Opera House has, has not had people. the cultural impact um, and, I, and I can kind of see why I think it's kind of um, Hellbound is the better show from a sort of dramatic and thematic point of view but it's kind of um it's it's the uh, iconic look of its sort of monsters. It's about it's about demons who come from hell to uh, reclaim people and kind of ring style. People get told, "Oh, you're going to go to hell at this time," um, and and it's all about how that affects society. It's kind of like um, the leftovers in that way. Um, very very good. Pr- probably better written than Squid Game in many ways, but just less. Like the monsters look shit. There's, it's quite <laughs> grim and depressing. I can see why it has not captured the imagination of society. But also, have you noticed that every new original Netflix now launch, they will tailor the data and change the account data and say it's the most watched thing I, of all time. I don't trust anything they say. Yeah, I don't and I've got either. two more, which uh, would have made my top ten. We're just going to cross a road here, and we are now. Cross- just make a top ten because you keep referencing a non-existent top ten. Yeah, I, I've, I've categorised my honourable mentions. You can choose to do so if you want, <laughs> okay. but I have done them in order of importance. Uh, two more, which I felt were really, really amazing TV shows this year. Uh, one was Only Murders in the Building, which has been referenced, and I'd imagine that's on your list too. Oh yeah, let's talk about so it. Let's talk about that for Fantastic. a minute. Fantastic on so Disney Plus. It was a surprise to me that it was on Disney Plus because I only associate Disney Plus with Marvel shows. And then Dopesick has yeah, come along at Marvel the end of the year Marvel and Star Wars well. and, and National Geographic. Yeah, so they're really, they're actually, like, the fact that they now have only well, this was a Fox, and Dopesick is quite... this was quite a Fox show, right? So the Fox acquisition meant they've created this star branding, which has got all this huge back catalogue of stuff, and they're picking up all the stuff that was in production at Fox. So Disney Plus has, this year, I think, became a fucking streaming giant. It's worth the money. It's rivaling yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I'd, I'd struggle to decide which one to keep if I could only pick one. I'd keep Disney Plus, so, Only Murders in the Building uh, stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez in what is obviously the most unlikely cast <laughs> I know. list of, um, <laughs> of 2021. When I saw the three of them together on the poster, I was like, huh? And it's so um, good! It's a murder mystery set in a building, an apartment building where they all live, and they're like wannabe podcasters, and they're trying to solve the murder and make a murder podcast. So, of course, if you have a podcast in your show, you get bonus points from us anyway. And it's just such a delight, isn't it? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, look, we, we all knew Steve Martin and Martin Short were um, funny, and I think they had a hand in, in writing it, or Steve Martin did anyway. He did, um, yeah. and, and they, you know, have been working together for decades. But, but Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez slots right in with the two yeah. of them. It was She's the third amigo. She's a really good actress, though, because remember a couple of years ago, she was in a movie with Paul Rudd. Oh, yes, that was oh very God, good. She was great in it. Yeah. But honestly, I didn't know. Um, I really didn't know that Steve Martin was still funny because I had I seen think, him in a couple of really bad things. So this warmed my heart. I think that's unfair. See. I think Steve Martin has always been funny. I think he made about 10 to 15 years of 
poor, that's what I mean. Poor, like, has poor, he lost poor his decisions. magic? And yeah. he hasn't, because he, as we said, we had a part in writing this. He's also the star of it, and he's utterly brilliant. Him and Martin Short are a delight, and then actually Selena Gomez. It must be very intimidating, as much as she's like one of the biggest superstars in the world. They're such kind of towers of comedy, and they're such a known duo. And the fact that she can slot right in but, and, and, and make it a trio, it doesn't feel like a duo. No, and it doesn't. But they, they, no. but they lean into, without it being too hammy, they lean into that generational divide yeah, for it's comedy. Very fun, yeah. It's very fun. It's a good murder mystery. There are um, very interesting things they do with their own format. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's one episode in particular that... Um, does something interesting with uh, sound we'll say um, but yeah well worth your time guys Disney Plus check that out right that's that's my top 10 that's your honourable mention <laughs> kind of yeah That's a, no no I actually have a load I'll just list off later but you go <laughs> okay. I've got a load um, more but there's no time to talk about all of them I have uh, kind of after for all mankind like if you were to put it as seventh place I have you season three you on Netflix is a really interesting show because season one have been made by the Lifetime channel based on a book and like season one was good, right? It was, it was, it was a good show, but it didn't perform that well. Lifetime. Now. Sorry, are you talking to me? I'm Who are you trying to convince? Season one, like season one, performed <laughs> that o- okay on the Lifetime Network, but they okay. didn't pick up a season two. Netflix subsequently purchased it, put season one on Netflix. It was like a fucking phenomenon, of course, as things do on Netflix. So then Netflix commissioned season two. So like the production values were up. It was moved location. Then I was like, oh look, it's jumped the shark a bit. I'll throw on season three. Season three is hands down the best season of you. And it, that's often the case with TV shows. Like, they really get in their stride in season three. And um, you is no different. I would say that if you haven't watched season one and two of you, you don't need to. You could read a little kind of summary and skip into season three and you'll have the best crack watching it. It's I found it a delight. Uh, it kind of has an inner monologue that doesn't match the outer monologue which is always really enjoyable it has a lead character that you kind of hate but enjoy at the same time I like the idea of an outer monologue <laughs> yeah. just talking right? yeah um, and it's in a really interesting setting in like the San Francisco Bay Area of like really 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 rich people um, which of course is a theme in TV this year everyone seems to be really rich in the shows but yeah I had Not such a laugh year. And there's a spectacular orgy scene in you season three. I've seen that. And it's very you, you, enjoyable. You pulled me in for that episode. <laughs> and it was very funny. Um, Schmigadoon, which is another Apple TV Plus show. was great. Um, it was like a six-part, half-hour musical comedy. Uh, we absolutely both loved it. Highly recommend, even if musicals aren't really your thing. Check it out. We watched it because... We were watching Ted Lasso and it was being pushed out of Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and I hope because Ted Lasso is such a success now that other really good shows that Apple have like Schmigadoon and For All Mankind are picking up an audience. And so speaking of Ted Lasso, this time last year in this TV roundup, everyone was telling us that Ted Lasso was the number one show, but we hadn't seen it. So at the start of this year, we binged season one, absolutely fell in love with it, found it very heartwarming like everyone else. Uh, highly anticipated season two, didn't make either of our top fives because I, while it's still a really good show and we love the cast, we did we weren't binging it, so we we're watching it weekly, which is a kind of a different experience. And, and, and then, doesn't suit it, I think. It, yeah, I thought I think it was this a binge is, was better on yeah, it. Much better as a binge, and yeah. it's and interesting because we are in a phase where the streaming networks or whatever companies are um, either they're 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 kind of falling on the line between those two models and some of them yeah. are kind of aiming for both and I think it's become more au fait to do weekly now well weekly makes more sense right from an economic model if you're Apple TV Plus and you release 
whatever it was, 10 episodes of Ted Lasso. You create someone 10 talking a, points on social media. Well, also, someone can get a seven-day free trial and just watch the whole season if you put it out on well, a binge. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you have to pay for 10 weeks. And then every week you're coming into the platform and then you're seeing things like Schmigadoon or For All Mankind and they're getting way better value out of you. Although i got to say, you just get your seven-week trial at the end of the 10 weeks. You might do, but if people yeah. who are hungry for Ted Lasso yeah, probably sure. didn't. Um, so I still really like the show. I felt like... Um, some of the episodes were a little bit jarring it didn't quite work for me um, some standalone episodes as a whole though there were still some lovely character moments a very unexpected romance which I enjoyed and yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how they come back for season 3 because I we're both fans I agree it's on my list as well I think this show is still a joy I think it still retains a lot of its positivity and character I really like um, just how positive and uplifting it is and aims to be I think the characters are all uh, you know beautifully played um, I think that season two swings for the fences and tries some new things. It's not all successful. Because it's really hard because season one is so kind of wrapped up in love and sweetness that like you can't really keep that up for another season. You need no. some conflict. And, and also, yes, they, they, and they don't introduce the conflict soon enough. So that I, And I think that's where it really hurt it for me was really the first three or four episodes are very slow to do anything. Um, and that's where we it, were like, if we were binging, we would have got to them quickly. Exactly. And, and the then juice. we would probably have got to the good stuff. But I think three or four weeks, like it picked three or four weeks, that's a month worth of Ted Lasso where we weren't really bothered about sticking it on. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. We were more bothered about watching Schmigadoon. Yeah. Anyway, um, others you've mentioned, um, Line of Duty 6 was a bit yeah, of a I've dodge. Yeah, got, I've got that as well. But you know what? I think everyone is down. We won't spoil it, but everyone is quite down on the finale of that. And I'll admit, it wasn't the most satisfying thing, but, but I, I don't think, think the whole season was great, though. I thought that the whole se- the season had some strong moments. But if you compare it, the problem is you're always going to compare it to the older series, and it's incomparable. It is not one of the best seasons. No. But that show is still cracking, even when it turns out an average season. It's yeah, but, got some really good. But I think beats. it's got a very similar problem to Game of Thrones, right? The whole time you're watching these series over series and series, you're building up to one question: Who's going to sit on the throne? Who's H? Yeah. If you don't deliver on that, you know, as a storyteller, that people will not remember it fondly. And as much as you can say, well, I gave you six great seasons and like I saw Peter Dinklage only come out this week saying, oh, the fans were just pissed off that we were cancelling the show and that's why they gave out. It's like, no, 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 it's because the end was shit. (laughs) The end end was shit. And with Line of Duty, we love the show. We've done loads of episodes on it on Patreon. We're huge fans, but like... They didn't stick the landing. No, they and didn't. And H, but also, like, who is who? Who is H? But also, Game of Thrones and Line of Duty shouldn't be, like, quote-unquote, cancelled because of their bad endings. And and I actually do subscribe to the six good seasons of television equals good Oh, yeah, model. same. I'm largely happy like, with large, both those shows. It leaves yeah. a bad taste in the mouth. Anyway, um, and I also wanted to mention The Flight Attendant, which we watched. Yes, I had that on I mine as well. Sky One? I, I, think, Sky, I think it was HBO in the Sky States. One or Sky Atlantic had it here. Yeah, uh, um, and it stars HBO Max there, right? HBO Max seems to have everything over there. I don't know who had it over there. We don't have um, it. It stars the lead actress from Kaylee Kuko. Kaylee Kuko. Kaylee. I can't remember her name. Kaylee Kuko. She's from um, Big Bang Theory, anyway. And she, she's a great. She's a great actor. Yeah. She's really and good in this. Great, another great murder mystery. Love a murder mystery. Um, and finally, Loki. Um, I gotta say, I it's thought the second Marvel show that I really enjoyed this year. Great. Okay. And then, oh, one more. Can I? Yeah, Inside, Bo Burnham. Ah, so that was the last one on my top ten, actually. Oh, um, great. Because okay. I, I thought that that one was on my uh, sort of could have made the top. Definitely would have made my top list. Bo Burnham's Inside, if you haven't seen it, is on 
Netflix. It's a comedy special, so kind of a one-off, two-hour thing. Um, but it's really good. I'd never seen any of his uh, comedy before. We've since gone back and watched some of it. Um, my God, the man's a talent. He's, he's, he wrote, starred, directed and edited it. And it is genius. The yeah. music in it, particularly the... Uh, Welcome to the Internet song. I have listened to a hundred yeah, times. He's it so is talented. on the money. Um, but I also think it's like a document of like of in years to come, the mania of the first lockdown. Yeah. For people to see how mad we all went. It this is, really captures it. It's ra- it's it's weird. It's random. It's very like, yes, funny. It's a very funny show like White Women's Instagram. <laughs> it's got. It's, it's just the, the music is cracking, and it's I think that's as well, what he's most famous for. It's quite dark. I will think my only criticism of it is it is borderline contrived and pretentious at times. I think he just about reigns yeah, it in. Yeah, but he's a genius. Like you know, sometimes geniuses, if they're writing, directing, editing, starring in their own show that they filmed during lockdown, I'd let them away. I know, but there are mo- there are moments in there where I felt like you that that he portrays as real life in the moment sort of reactions or mental breakdowns which feel to me quite staged and performed I'll okay. say um, but, but the, look I, I think for the most part he pulled it off and it's a minor criticism but it is a brilliant bit of TV uh, and, and you should definitely watch it I'll list off um, a few ones that kind I the kind of I thought were good this year, but like not amazing. I had yeah the flight attendant Ted Lasso. I'd like you mentioned Loki. I'd just like to talk briefly about the the Disney Plus shows that came out of this year. So Wonder Vision. Oh, Dave, you've never talked briefly about um, Marvel. <laughs> well, I'll do my best. Um, One Division we've kind of covered off. Loki, I kind of felt like was the second best one. Um, I thought, despite not being amazing TV, but good and a very good ending. Little bit up and down, but like, uh, I liked that every week it felt like it was. It would felt like a different show. It was just doing something. It was. It was like it good kept, Star Trek, the way you'd have kind of different scenarios and different things going on every week. And right? do, but yes, but also moving towards a single goal. Yeah. Which I think you know I thought tied nicely into where they're going to go with the movies and the overall Phase Four thing. It gave so it me too like, high hopes. For Doctor Strange, which I've now been dashed by Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But um, I thought Tom Hiddleston was great in this. I thought yeah, him and great. Owen Wilson were, had a great buddy pairing. Yeah. And then him and uh, another character called Sylvie were also great together. So there's a lot of good stuff in this episode, uh, in this series. There's a lot. It's, it's wild and wacky and imaginative in ways that um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not. And that, I put that down on my most disappointing because I was I had really high hopes for that show. I had really low some, hopes and it actually exceeded my low hopes and was even worse even, it was like, than what I thought it, it would be. It had some f- good stuff in it, I gotta say. Um, I think all the stuff they did with the you know the new Captain America um, was kind of interesting. It got it's got some re- it's dra- jammed with interesting ideas that are really poorly executed. And plods along over six episodes. This is one that should have been... A, if they were going to do it, it should have been a movie. It should, it but it sh- Yes, it should have been a movie and it should have been better. Um, but it kind of it began and ended in the same place as well. It also felt like it just shouldn't have happened. Like we yeah. gained nothing from it. We only lost. We only lost interest in those yeah, characters. exactly. And it didn't feel like an interesting journey to have gone on. And I think it was, by, do you agree, it's the worst Marvel TV show of the year? Uh, yes, this is the worst... The, and then What If and Hawkeye were the other two I thought What If was kind of 
interesting but ultimately kind of pointless. Maybe explain what What If because a lot of people might know. What it. If is is sort of an animated series of one-offs, as in sort of like What If uh, is the questions that what are posed. What if Captain America was a was woman? Was a woman, and then turns out exactly the same as Captain America, but a woman. Um, yeah. So I thought, look, the animation in this was really interesting. It does some interesting stuff again, but ultimately just felt like a bit of a shrug. Uh, and then Hawkeye, which we just finished, I think was overall quite disappointing. Um, so you enjoyed it more than was I did. I, I, was, I think it was ambitious enough. I kind of felt like it felt like it was it it had a very clear sort of tone it was going for. Um, it ha- it was more fun and upbeat than. Uh, certainly Falcon and the Winter Soldier and some of that other stuff. I think there was more reason for it as well than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like, I felt like, oh, he's someone we could know a bit more about and actually they introduced some really new, interesting characters. Yes, Hayley Steinfeld is excellent in this. I'd love to see more of her. There's a character who's potentially a spoiler who comes from one of the movies who is... um, very welcome but uh, and ultimately there was, there's some there's one really cracking episode of this and some really good moments throughout but as it doesn't really work as a whole uh, and I think they kind of blew the Christmas setting as well like I liked that it had a Christmas setting and kind of came out of it's Christmas it's just superficial but it was superficial yeah it wasn't yeah. Um, important which also by the way did Spider-Man No Way Home is apparently set at Christmas as well which also felt superficial well there were like it was a whole moment when he like swings past a Christmas tree and it was just okay, like I didn't even notice that exactly. this is way more Christmas so it's just that. like guys you're this just whole, shoehorned that every in every episode of this Christmas is kind of a core part of his journey so it's way less yeah a little bit that. more than that so yeah I thought Marvel Studios did not have a great first year of TV I gotta admit but then admit. if you think yeah but you say that but like you got one division you've got Loki that's two out of five cracking shows. And two out of five, as Meatloaf said, ain't bad. <laughs> I would actually say two out of five is not great. Um, uh, right, okay, what, else, what else you got? You got any more? I had a question for you, but maybe it's on a different Oh, list. a question. Because usually in these episodes you bang on about Rick and Morty. Where is it? It's in there. It's here. I've got more. I'm not finished. You're still going on your honourable mentions. Yeah, why don't I just list off? Okay, think just list off. I'm just going to say some shows that I really like. Like, their honourable mentions is not every show you watch this year. But these are good. Starstruck okay. was excellent. Kathy's talked about it. It was on her top five. Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11. Oh, yes. Great. We had great... We, we are having great fun watching. We haven't finished it yet. As we did last... We talked about it last year as well. It's like, come back with a bang. It's great. Really funny. Really great to have Larry David back. Rick and Morty season five. I think this show is in a bit of trouble it doesn't quite know what it's doing it's kind of rubbing its fan base the wrong way um, but I think I still like it I still like it it's just it's just, it's, it, it feels the first like every year it's not been in your top five uh, potentially no I don't think it's always been there but um, yeah I just I, I think it's a show that's starting to feel a bit tired um, perhaps it's going to be a victim of its own success okay um Big Mouth season six, I have talked about in, in previous years. I won't bang on about it here, but Big Mouth is a really fun show. And unlike Rick on and Morty, on, it's on Netflix. It's by Nick Kroll. Unlike Rick and Morty, seems to be kind of becoming even more comfortable in its own skin and maturing and is as funny as it ever was. <laughs> Schmigadoon, we've talked about. i got two more. Star Wars Visions. Um, I think this is the first year where we haven't really had any Star Wars, right? Um, I know Boba Fett's just me? come out today. Um, but I felt like good to have a break from Star Wars. Um, and they come out with this small little show, which is kind of cool and awesome. And what I wanted was something different. They just handed, Disney Plus handed Star Wars to a load of anime 
production companies in Japan and said make whatever um, and you just got this, so it's this like list of like short uh, little anime movies in the Star Wars universe that all look incredibly different are in the Japanese language um, and are honestly it's the most excited I've been by Star Wars in, in years it's really fresh oh, inventive cool. and fun then the last one is one that we got obsessed with at the time and in retrospect is has left no lasting impact <laughs> let me guess like, it's a Jupiter's it's Legacy it's Jupiter's Legacy it's just like <laughs> we were obsessed junk food but we went through a week where we thought this was the best show we've ever seen for some reason and, and now like it's so shit it's and, been cancelled and, and everyone like, was telling us no it's the best show <laughs> everyone was telling us this is bad guys and now I kind of realised that we might have been wrong but you know what I think Jupiter's they were Legacy right. was so enjoyable it left no legacy yeah but guys if you haven't watched it on season one <laughs> and you like Bit of silliness and uh, some great stuff set in like the twenties around the Wall Street crash. Uh, go watch <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy. You will not be the disappointed. costumes were so bad. We were so obsessed. I think we recorded an entire hour on it on our we Patreon. We did. We did. <laughs> Which I'm, I would <laughs> imagine no one listened to. to. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so there you go. That's my. That's all my honourable mentions. Okay, great. You got any left? No, I think we should move on to guilty pleasures. All right. So, Kathy, what's your guilty pleasure we've got our guilty pleasures then we've got our patrons guilty pleasures um, my top guilty pleasure is Jupiter's Legacy so there we go I actually get to my, my guilty pleasure as well I've just decided <laughs> um, uh, married at first night Australia we spent a good month of our lives obsessively watching it every night and having the best time and I thank married at first night Australia for bringing me some joy in the lockdown this year thank you so I have decided that Married at First Sight Australia <laughs> is my worst television show. Oh, spoiler! Of the year. Um, but while we're talking about it, I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Right um, and I, but it is was also a guilty pleasure, and I'm now upgrading it to worst because I did. <laughs> you you changed I your list did, after recording. I did. No, 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 no. I've already decided this. I'm saying at the time it was a guilty pleasure. Right. I am not denying that we spent three hours a night watching ladies and gentlemen of the jury <laughs> that I watched it for hours a night and gained an immense amount of pleasure from it however By much the way, like it was the one early this year we haven't watched the latest ones we, we, we tapped out oh there's a new one yeah alright okay whatever it was the one that yeah months ago the however this for me is the ti- it's my Tiger King of 2021 <laughs> and I know there was a new Tiger King and I refused to watch it yeah we did more so um this, Even the, Netflix didn't claim it was the most watched show of all time. The reason... The, the reason, first night we watched on all four. The reason being is that I, just like Tiger King, I watched it, consumed it, became obsessed <laughs> with it, and gained an, an immense amount of pleasure from it. And I now feel... And I, and I now feel immense amount of guilt for having done that, so guilty pleasure. But I also think it is terrible, awful, manipulative drivel, and I hate it. I think it's we also watched a lot we gave up a lot more hours of our life though because it was 40 I think episodes and each was 3 hours long I think <laughs> stop that's making me even more but guilty. I perfected the art of fast forwarding I think so it's, I fast forward through I actually half in episode. retrospect think it's a disgusting show <laughs> I think and, and, and I think it should be it doesn't you know Love Island gets a lot of the attention in the um, in the is this good for people's mental health um debate and what are they doing about it and reality TV is damaging for people but I think what this show put its contestants through and some of them in particular is really disgusting and, and manipulative yes and uh, but 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 the show I just 
I just feel like what's that show that uh, Life, Lifetime made uh, loosely a fictionalised version behind the scenes of The Bachelor right what was that called again oh I can't remember, remember yeah. but it was really good that was a very good show and, I fe- and it was all about what it the producers Unreal. Unreal yes and the pro- it's all about what the producers are saying to these people in between takes what they're, how they're getting them to say these things how they're using them um, to drive conflict and drama and I just felt like what this show did to those people they treated them like puppets and dogs and then uh, put them on stage for everyone to hate on in a public forum and I, and I think it's actually despicable and I hate it and it's the worst TV well, show Well this is the, the conundrum from. of our times because we were way behind it in Australia but when I as soon as it ended I went on Instagram and looked them all up and they're all absolutely minted influencers now so there's that kind of weird dichotomy where it's like it's terrible for you does that make it okay you know what you sign up for you're now a celebrity I know but I I, don't know I'm asking the question I don't think that's okay I think that's yes sure it worked out great for them and they all profited from being exploited you're selling your soul to the devil going on one of those shows and and I think not everyone can take it no I don't think so either and the other thing is like no one goes into one of these shows thinking I'll get a bad edit because of course there was one couple Cam and I can't remember his wife who got like the loveliest edit are now like Australia's sweetheart. They're obviously the biggest celebrities of all. They're happily married. They have a kid, etc. There'll always be one couple that like the producers will put their welly behind and really support. And then there'll be the couples that are awful. And it's you are signing your soul away to the devil. You don't know how you're going to get edited. I personally would never go on one, but I do also see that, for example, the person we reference, Elizabeth, is now on Instagram with you know a lot of followers, making a lot of money. It's a weird one, right? Yeah. right? But we, yeah, it definitely was on my guilty pleasure list. And then finally on my guilty pleasure list, I had Clickbait, which was on Netflix, which is like, as it, like even the title is so lame. Basically, the show is Clickbait. But um, it stars, the, who's the guy from Entourage again? I forget his name, but I know the guy. Adrian Green, maybe? Anyway. The I handsome, curly-haired guy handsome, from Entourage. Yeah, guy yeah. from Entourage. And uh, it's about him, and he's like kidnapped, right? this is like all in the opening scenes and it's like a video was shown you know if if we get to five million clicks this guy is going to be murdered and a kind of what happens outside of that to his family and every episode is from a different person's perspective so like his sister is played by an actress whose name i'm about to butcher is zoe um she was the star of the big sick Anyway, I cannot remember her name. <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember either. She plays a sister. Yeah. You see it from the point of view of his sister, his wife, whoever. It's really trashy and it's also very compulsive and I really enjoyed it on Netflix this year. At one point in time, it was Netflix's most show, watched show of the year. Um, <laughs> Which, as we've said, means nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we're going to get to... It was the to, most clicked show of the year. <laughs> we're going to get to our patron's guilty pleasures, which Dave's going to read out here. Right, so Joe said his guilty pleasure was, I think you should leave. Oh my God, I, I didn't meant to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, I think it. you should leave with Tim Robinson is on Netflix. It's a comedy sketch show and it is, um, I, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure for me, Joe. I, I think it's just a pleasure, but it is <laughs> kind of awful <laughs> and juvenile, just but weird. It's a weird sketch show. Tim Robinson is a really interesting, weird comedian. Uh, I, I do recommend give, give it a watch, people. Um, 
He describes it as smart people doing obtusely stupid comedy, which is better than I could have put it, Joe. Uh, James said his guilty pleasure was Doogie Kane Aloha. I don't know what that is. Um, sounds interesting. Uh, Mr. Iglesias. I don't know what that is either. James, you're finding you're really scraping the barrel with your guilty pleasures. Uh, he says these were great when I needed to watch something fun and short. Oh, fun and short, I like. Okay, on my list. Um, he also said his most disappointing was Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Well, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, Aoife said her guilty pleasure was R-H-O-B-H Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Oh thank you I needed a <laughs> translation um, And Station 19 I could see why Station that Station 19 Aoife be... I've been there girlfriend um, It's a good watch Taylor said his guilty pleasure was Squid Game He said uh, I feel very guilty about enjoying something that is so dark and twisted Oh you don't have to feel guilty Taylor um, Oh and Baking Impossible I haven't oh, heard I of that. that Must be sort of a great British Bake Off is it But they're like Hung Mission Impossible style By cords <laughs> Over the, the ovens Is that it It must be Sounds good um, Laura said her guilty pleasure Was selling Sunset That's the Netflix that's uh, Property show I Big one that I want to get into We've I, <laughs> That's uh, It's on Cathy's um, New Year's resolution It's on my must watch Because I watched Get into selling Sunset Like a few episodes Of season one And forgot about it But everyone's obsessed now So I need to go back And watch I've watched more. a couple of episodes It's very entertaining Um Liz, uh, her guilty pleasure is Your Honor. Oh, we watched one episode of that. We didn't, we couldn't really get into it. That was the judge, uh, the judge show. With That's an interesting one. That's a guilty name? pleasure. No, Your Honor is um, is not the thing with Brian Cranston. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. What am I thinking of? Judge, <laughs> who knows what I'm thinking of? <laughs> Your Honor with Brian Cranston. Yes, um, I didn't see that, but it looked really interesting. Um, Danny, I'm thinking of Bad Judge. I'm thinking of Bad Judge, thank you. With yes. Addison from Grey's Anatomy from like six of. years ago. Yes. Um, <laughs> Danny says that his guilty pleasure is, and just like that, brackets, apart from the new characters, it's horrendous, but I also can't stop watching it. Oh, Do you want to take a minute to talk about that? And just like that is on a different list for me, don't worry about it. Oh, we're getting there. Oh my God. <laughs> Kathy is, I can see her, she's revving up. <laughs> oh my God, start your engines. Okay. And finally, Tom uh, told us that his guilty pleasure is also selling sunsets. He describes it as perfect nonsense. I need um, to watch it. I love that. It is my New Year's resolution. In fact, I for see, New I Year's feel, Eve, I'm just binging all three seasons. I feel... Le- see, I don't feel... I haven't seen too much of selling sunsets, but I don't feel... That's the kind of reality TV where I feel like these women reality, aren't getting right? exploited. I feel like they're doing these jobs and want really want this. They really want to be estate agents. <laughs> that's, that's their job. But like... Unlike mar- something like Married at First Sight, where it's members of the public. Okay, Kathy, you've taken my phone now, which you were just reading the list. Oh of. yeah, sorry. But I don't need. You my know phone. what it is. I know my worst TV what show of the year. What is your worst TV show of the year? What could it be? Picture a TV show that was a phenomenon in the year two thousand, uh, and sooner than that, late nineties. The Sopranos. No. Uh, the Wire. Picture a TV show that was revolutionary in its day and had an incredible first five seasons. Bit of a dip in season six. And just like came that, came back with the movie. Which was pretty bad. Then came back with the second movie, which made me cry. It was so bad. <laughs> and just like that, it came back in 2021 with a completely unnecessary TV revival. But even then, I loved the original so much that I was like pumped. I was kind of scared to watch it, but also excited. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about the twist in episode one, though almost everyone knows it. While there were some really painful moments in episode one, the most like awful being how they wrote out Samantha which I'll get to there was a good twist at the end of episode one right let's admit that however a twist does not make a show good was it a twist or just something that happened it and um, it was something that, that happened and uh, but what what is so sad about it and just like that is like 
first of all, Sex in the City was about four characters, one of whom was Samantha Jones, who was actually, of all the characters in the show, the one most reliant on her friends, the one who always had her friends' backs, cared most about her friends. How they have written her out of the show, because in real life Kim Cattrall doesn't like the other three, claims that when, when the show was filming they are always really cliquey. Does she not like the other three? I thought Apparently, it was just Sarah Jessica I think Parker. her and Sarah Je- Jessica Parker are rumoured to have a terrible relationship, but then she has said so subsequently that the other three were like very cliquey when they filmed, etc. Okay. She didn't come back for this abomination, which she was dead right not to. But how they wrote her out was so malicious, and like they did her character so wrong, and I was absolutely outraged, fuming, screaming at my TV. And also, oh, there's a big puddle here. So badly acted and written. How they wrote Samantha out in the first episode is so embarrassingly bad that I could just barely stomach it, right? Now, the show has done some really interesting course corrections because the original Sex and the City, what was revolutionary about it was back then there were like effectively no depictions of women as protagonists who existed outside of like either serving male characters or being very much kind of in the married mom mode. So it was actually genuinely revolutionary, don't forget, in the 90s when the show came out and it was about four women embracing their own power and sexuality. Um, what the show was really lacking and kind of became more and more obvious as it went on and grew with new characters, they never had any racial diversity. It was around very wealthy people and it never really tackled any issues outside of sex and, like, heteronormative relationships, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it's actually, like... As you watch the movies, the movies are, particularly the second one, actually racist. Um, This return, I think, has made an attempt at course correcting. uh, A real hard handbrake turn, which in the first episode is like, they're really like, okay, we need to have so much representation. They bring in like regular series characters of colour who are really great. They have transgender, non-binary characters. They have loads going on where they're trying to course correct and be more inclusive. So I admire that. But how they've done it is really lame and what you're ultimately watching is like something that's like a shadow of its former self and just outside of money shouldn't exist it's not a story that needs to be told you know I'd love if HBO just actually just brought out a new show with all these really interesting new characters they've introduced and like scrapped Sex and the City completely um, which I, to, I, to be fair they are doing as well they're doing that but on, but in that, this like, awful show you think though. of things like insecure and looking and oh no but I'm talking about this like why do this to a show oh like, you mean give this space from this slot to yeah, someone else if yeah, Sex and the City had ended granted season 6 wasn't amazing but like if Sex and the City in its heyday was such an iconic TV show like you know that like people say like what's that what do you think of when you hear the HBO sound there's basically three things people think of Sex and the City Sopranos of the Wire hmm. Sopranos and The Wire knew when to fucking stop. Maybe Sex Game in the wrong. City is such a cash cow that they've ruined it. They can't be down as an iconic status anymore and it absolutely enrages me because like a female-centred show. So anyway... Yeah, you can't imagine David Simon bringing The Wire back. Setting to, it in Abu Dhabi. What's, what's McNulty up to these days, <laughs> 20 years later? Now, I know they've made a Sopranos prequel, whatever. I've not watched that. Um, but anyway, I'm absolutely incensed by this show. I've only watched three episodes. The third episode got a little bit better. It was kind of like a shadow of its former self, but like wasn't terrible. Apparently, again, the like, fourth why am I episode this? is the worst one yet. Oh. I haven't watched it. You yet. haven't watched it yet, but I've anyway, seen I've seen some buzz. We've had loads of messages from you guys about and just like that as well. And um we will I, be doing a full spoiler special over on Patreon at some point. But I'm devastated and it's by far the worst show of twenty twenty one. 
Kathy, I'm so I'm genuinely heartbroken for you. I feel like you I feel like watching you get beaten up on a regular show by this IP is what it must be like being married to me and talking about Star Wars. It is, yeah. I think they're 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 very similar in their I mean, disrespect for their own for their own <laughs> dignity the and worst part is Mike, Michael profiting Patrick King its audience. Michael Patrick King is like the original creator and writer of Sex and the City he's made this this is like when George Lucas came back and made those prequels you yeah. can't blame anyone else so there it is I, I, I'll say I have and your worst of the year was Married at First Sight Australia was Married at First Sight Australia yeah. oh we've got but, worst of the year from patrons though oh let's do it yeah okay um worse James said Midnight Mass the constant monologues ruined it for me the, the monologues are a bit much I'll give it I that, love James. the monologues uh, Matthew said Winter Soldier and the Falcon hmm Aoife said Worthy. I agree with him Worthy. Aoife said and just like that 100% Aoife Taylor Falcon and the Winter Soldier why Marvel why Laura Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> oh, uh, just hammering. so meh compared to other Marvel shows yeah Liz fair. the serpent cut it in half I guess she means it's too long yeah, but if you cut it in half, I think it grows another head and tail. Isn't that how it works? Ooh, I don't know. Or is that worms? And she said, and the Ted Lasso Christmas episode. Ooh. Ooh. I, didn't uh, I didn't love it either, but it wasn't as bad as the other standalone episode. And I kind of enjoyed that they were a bit experimental with it. Yeah. Danny, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, what a hammering it's taking. Um, Joe, world's most amazing vacation rentals on Netflix. Edited and voiced over seemingly for people who were either listening or watching, but not both bad telly and Tom a man after my own heart and just like that it lacks all of the charm of the original you're right Tom it does oh sad yeah um, what a sad note to end our podcast on what a sad note what a great maybe, year in TV maybe we should do worst at the top next time <laughs> no and then finish on all the good TV because um, no, thinking back such a great year I had, there was so much good TV I couldn't I, I, my list was so long same I just could, I, I, like, I, did, I struggled to condense it all and to pick a top five as I said I could have easily done a top ten exact opposite problem of our movies of the year where you know in the year that it was with the pandemic and everything it's just it was hard to get to movies but TV just knocking it out of the park absolutely like we are never stuck for something good to watch on TV I think that I think the other thing is like movies there are great movies being made they're not being released in cinemas or they're not getting enough attention which and we don't see them and I I mean we could seek them out and we try to but we are kind of led but you know we do we, we don't get to the cinema much and we try to do the stuff that everyone else is seeing exactly and we mentioned before stuff. but like we while we probably could get access to we just don't have the admin to get access to like press screeners and stuff because that's the kind of thing that like people who are full-time film reviewers you know they've like admin processes to get that kind of thing we just haven't done it but we had whereas, such a great year of tv whereas and the difference is yeah mainstream telly is incredibly good quality. Yeah, like, that and just we're happy is. to pay for streaming services. You know, we're happy to spend our money on them because that's a, like entertainment and TV is such an important part of our lives. And thank you everyone for listening this year. Hope you enjoyed this bonus CV review. Um, head over to Spotify if you can because they've just introduced a rating system. We'd love if you could give us a rating on Spotify. You might need to update your app. I did, of course, on Apple Podcasts. We would love if you would follow us and rate us. And check us out on social media and tell us what your best worst guilty pleasures of the year were on Twitter Facebook Instagram at the cinema yeah or you can email us we'd love to chat we're at the cinema at gmail.com um, and if you do want to join our our Patreon and get access to loads of long hour long episodes about some of these TV shows we've watched 
Um, as well as every month we'll do what we've been watching we chat through the good, bad and the ugly we do lots of TV stuff um, and we do retro movies um, and you can join there for two or three pounds a month it's at patreon.com forward slash the cinema and if you join in December uh, all of your money 100% of it goes to a wonderful charity that works with refugees called Care for Calais um, and Dave thank you for watching so much TV with me this thank year thank you Cathy and thanks for being a, a, a brilliant podcast a co-host and a co-spouse and so you're you not a are, co-spouse you're just a spouse I'm just a spouse you're an excellent person to sit next on the sofa for hours at a time completely ignoring while I watch TV uh, that, that's not true thank you for watching that orgy episode of You With Me I mean yes that was uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> um, you're welcome but a great I'll, always, year. I'll, I'll, I'll always watch an orgy with you anytime you want um, yeah so thank God for all the wonderful TV out this year when you know lockdowns and everything it's, it's been a lifesaver for us and happy new year everyone happy new year bye, bye. No matter when or where or who Has one thing in common too It's us, us, us It's a sin It's a sin Everything I've ever done Everything I ever do Every place I've ever been Everywhere I'm going to it's a sin At school they taught me how to be So pure in thought and word and deed They didn't quite succeed ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.